From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. Wake up! What is up, everybody? It's Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, this defense, legit. Raising the roof on Doak and uh, some of those final questions from the Renegade Express mailbag. Wake Up War Champ presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. That's in Tallahassee, Florida. CPTallyBar.com, the website, 2475 Appalachia Parkway. Thursday night bingo going down 7 p.m. Test your bingo skills to win drinks, prizes, cash at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Before that, though, spend your afternoon there on your lunch break. Thursday, cheesesteak sandwich. Chicken or steak variety comes with a side dish of your choice. Plentiful options that include straight fries, curly fries, onion rings, potato salad, coleslaw, broccoli, side salad, tater tots, or freshly cooked potato chips. My goodness. One of those with a cheesesteak sandwich on a Thursday afternoon as the Knolls get ready for their home opener. Mm. Right, Corey? Mm. Amen. Mm. Amen. Although, I'm telling you, the prime rib. Uh, I haven't had the Nashville hot chicken sandwich yet. Uh, that's the last one on the new the new menu that I haven't uh, partaken in. But that prime rib sandwich with all you, mm. it's hard to beat it. It's oh, hard yeah. to beat it. Au jus, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Amen, yeah. brother. Hey, but you can order au jus with anything. That's right. You can. You can order it with uh, a Philly cheesesteak. You can order it with fries. You can order it with a salad and just dump it on your salad. I don't care. That au jus is that good. Also, head to the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill tomorrow, Friday. You can hang out with Jeff Cameron and Corey Clark. Happy Hour returns, yes? Yes, it does. It's going to be a bit of a new format um, because I don't think we're going to do a live show from mm. Corner Pocket. We just want to be there, meet and greet, hang out, like a real true happy hour. Mm. Like we're there. It's a happy hour. Uh, we're hanging out. We can talk to Knowles. We just, you know, so many people couldn't hear us. The PA was so uh, could be so spotty when more people came in there. And I just felt like a lot of people would show up to watch the show and then they couldn't hear us. And I was like, all right, well, let's just not have a show, and let's just let's just uh, rub elbows with the folks and talk to people and uh, talk to Knowles. So that's what we'll do. All right, so that's 5 to 6 o'clock tomorrow. And then game day Saturday, come join us at Hotel Indigo, still going down uh, over at 530 uh, at Hotel Indigo in College Town. We'll be there hanging out. Maybe all the War Chant team, some of the War Chant team, but uh, pregame show getting you ready for the Knowles taking on the Golden Eagles of Southern Miss. And then later today, 3 p.m., if I'm not mistaken, if you ever wanted to ask Irish Ophel anything, mm. you have that opportunity. Got to be a member, though, of Warchant.com. Head to the Tribal Council. There'll be a thread on there. I don't know if it's uh, is it, is it going to be like the written one that you did, Corey. I don't know if it's yeah. going to be. You know, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So uh, go ahead and ask Irish Ophel whatever you want, whatever you want. But you got to be a subscriber over at Warchant.com. Hit the thumbs up, everybody. Please subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to Warchant.com. Subscribe to our YouTube page. That would be great. Knowles uh, will be practicing today and tomorrow. We're not able to watch those days. That's the way it's scheduled about. That's how way it works uh, throughout the season. It's fine. Not a criticism, just letting you folks know. Um, we spoke to Adam Fuller following practice on Wednesday, Corey, and I just think it's probably apropos for us to shine a little bit of a light on the defense. Uh, defense looked really solid, I-, I thought, in practice. There was a moment there in 7-on-7 seven seven where the ball never touched the ground when Jordan Travis was playing quarterback, so you, you love to see that. Period three, though, uh, the defense kind of made the offense almost go like three and out, but they stopped after three plays that were 
Uh, it was an incomplete pass. Greedy verse with uh, greedy verse. Greedy Vance with amazing coverage on Keon Coleman. A throw to Jaheim that went a little bit high, and then then a sack. Like it, it, it would have been a legit sack. It, you know, it, I know I sometimes am maybe a little too tough on Jordan, but this one, uh, I don't even think Mahomes or Michael Vick would have gotten away from this one. So then they kind of stopped, uh, and then they rolled out the next unit, and the defense kind of picked up where they left off. Then what I'm going to deem the play, Corey, the play, that singular play they do before they head back into the IPF to continue the rest of their practice. Ball was spotted at the three-yard line. It was Jordan with a throw to none other than Keon Coleman in the back corner of the end zone, but Jarian Jones with the PBU. Okay. So defense. J-Dub. J-Dub. J-Dub, yeah. Yeah, winning the day. Uh, some some uh, offensive highlights maybe I'll get to as we uh, – I'll let you rip some stuff off on your thoughts about this defense, Corey. I can maybe fill in some gaps here offensively give people something good to think about. But when we did speak to Adam Fuller, you listened to the I'll be honest with you, Aslan. I think the game they watched on Sunday night gives them a lot of good things to think about right. with the offense. Yeah, shouldn't it? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, but but defensively, uh, you know, that first play, you know, I had a little bit of a pit in my stomach after it happened. I'm like, oh, man, they're going to start doing this stuff again. But I, I didn't panic. I didn't go to tribal council and – uh, talk about moving services for Adam Fuller and his family. I, I, I stayed the course. Uh, any sort of takeaways from listening to Adam Fuller's interview? I mean, just a supremely confident defensive coordinator, I think, probably says it best. But give us some nuanced thoughts uh, of yours when you, you heard Adam Fuller talk about the way his team performed or his segment performed against LSU yeah, on Sunday. You know, he, he said, I think he said, bad eyes, poor eyes, and sloppy eyes, uh, <laughs> all in about a 10-minute stretch, talking about mainly that, well, I think it was all about that one play, the yeah. first play. Yeah. Um, I think it was Deloach. Um, that had bad eyes on that play. It was certainly somebody on that side of the field, and it was a linebacker, so I think it was him. But, um, you know, it's just, you know, he, he, he just brought it up again and again that we they teach aggression, they want to be aggressive, and he's like, if he'd have handed the ball off, he might have been tackled by 11 guys, which isn't the idea. And so that's why somebody was wide open on that side of the field is because everybody went uh, with the run action, and it left somebody wide open because they had bad eyes. And he said they had sloppy eyes a couple of other times, but that was the main uh, culprit. But as he pointed out, rightly, even after the crazy penalties, some that might have been warranted, some not, and then even after two uh, monster plays uh, in the passing game, they weren't like great throws. It's just bad coverage, and then you miss a tackle or something. They stood up, and they got the stops. And that's what he said he was most proud of, is it wasn't just let's next series. We'll get him next series. So it's next play. Like, let's forget about that next play. And that goes back, I think, right, to uh, what we talked about with the offense, with the stuttering that it had, is when you have so many experienced guys and veterans that have played so much college football, they're not going to panic. Even if they have a dumb play or a couple of dumb plays in a row or a really bad drive or two, they know it's a long game. They know they have a lot of talent, that they're uh, a very talented offense and, I think, defense, that they, it will the ship will right itself if they just focus up. So that's what I kind of got the – his biggest message, I think, is how proud he was of the response. Mm-hmm. After the struggles to start, they really kind of dialed in and played really well the rest of the way. And I thought he was good about Renardo too. Yeah, he said it wasn't like it, it wasn't a drive. It was the very next play they responded. It wasn't, you know, because remember they had, they had a fourth down stop on that sequence there, so they they got it figured out pretty quickly. But yeah, man, how about Renardo? I mean, you know, we've mentioned maybe you a little bit more strongly than I just how talented Renardo is and was the best cornerback we thought on this team going into the season, and then to 
you know, mostly neutralize Malik Neighbors, who I only really catch I remember him making was like that third down conversion in the first half uh, towards the later, later parts of it, I think, when Renardo wasn't on him. You know, Renardo then had a pick later on in the game. Um, is that one of those things that it, you know, I, I know we had, we felt so good about this team, but we never maybe quite budgeted for this team to have an, an, an elite cornerback. I thought we felt really good about Renardo, but I don't know if we'd throw the elite word out. Yeah, it seems like maybe they do. Does, does that change the calculus at all about at least like the confidence you have in this defense with that kind of piece on the perimeter? Yeah, man. I, but I've always been confident in him. Like I don't know if he's he's not T Buck. I mean, he's not gonna a guy that's gonna have twelve picks and return only needs eleven more though. Only needs eleven yeah, more in eleven true. games. That's one one a game. Uh, but he's he is he is a rock solid to very good cornerback like I you, you start thinking about the way he covered neighbors and that's what Fuller said on Wednesday if you guys haven't watched that vid, the press conference video on our channel is is you know so, you know we we do he goes we devised the defense to set up a one-on-one and it's like you know sometimes we like one-on-ones too you always hear offenses talk about how they want to get their guys in one-on-ones well sometimes we like to get our guys in one-on-ones too yeah and we got our guy in a one-on-one twice and he won both times against an elite receiver Renardo's Renardo. I don't know, man. I guess I got to see a little bit more for some reason. Renardo's elite. Mm. I, I shouldn't even say that. I don't have to. I watched all of last season. I've watched him in practice, and then I watched that game on Sunday night. He's elite. He is a very, very good college cornerback, and I think he's an NFL player. I think he's an NFL draft pick. He's that good. Um, I don't know what his measurables are or what he's gonna, what his time will be at the combine, but he's just a, a really impressive cornerback. So yeah, I mean, but I he. I guess he's what I thought he was anyway. So my calculus doesn't change. Uh, he's already, I always, I already thought he was really good and he didn't do anything to dissuade me of that. Um, so yeah, it'd be awesome if they had somebody on the other side as good as him, but they're, they're not far behind. It wouldn't appear. And then also the, the depth that they have now on the, on the defensive line, you know, Malcolm Ray's a guy that emerged for them. And that, and that was one game. I get it. And he's been here and he's played a lot of football and I think, you know, maybe I've undervalued him more so than some of the fans that comment on the show every now and then. People say, you know, give Malcolm his respect. But, you know, I wish I would have been able to ask Fuller about that specifically, but there were some other folks asking questions and I was trying to uh, get some stuff uploaded or whatever. But that's that's another thing, too. I think we were so concerned about defensive end. Who's going to be like that number three guy? Can, can Edmund be that? But, man, the fact that they have, like, the depth now that we feel pretty confident about, we already felt confident about Fisk. And you know Farmer and, and Fabian, obviously, but to see a guy like Malcolm Ray come in there and give you that many snaps, again, I mean, I, I don't know how much that's depth and just just absolute talent where you don't you don't feel like you're dropping off significantly at all. But that's another thing that obviously I'm sure plays into the confidence that Adam Fuller has with his defense right now. Yeah, uh, you know they had nine defensive linemen that played at least eleven snaps, uh, and this was before garbage time. Um, I think they played 10 or 11 overall, 10 defensive linemen overall. Um, Malcolm Ray played 29 snaps. So, yeah, he said that's what they want. They want it in the secondary too um, and linebackers, but especially on the defensive line to rotate guys like that. Look, I, you know, Malcolm Ray didn't do anything incredible. He was – I mean, I'm looking at his PFF grade, and I know we take those with grains of salt. He was one of the lowest-graded ranked guys on the team. Um, but he's out there – and he's contributing to a defense that's limiting them to like one yard per rush. Mm -hmm. He's out there in the middle of it. He is not a guy that's getting flattened on his back, even if he's just a guy. He is a guy at a level that can help Florida State, um, the Florida State defense, because 
in games that matter, well, this one certainly did, but moving forward, if you're close in a late game, getting 20 snaps from Malcolm Ray means Fabian Lovett is that much more fresh in the fourth quarter. And so is Braden Fisk. And so is Josh Farmer. Like, that stuff, when he can go out there and just not get embarrassed, and I'm not, I'm really not trying to kill the kid. I like that he that he played uh, so much and and was fine. But even if he's just pedestrian, that's a big deal because in the fourth quarter of close games, you'll have your stars out there who won't be sucking wind because they've had to play 60 snaps just to keep you in the game. That's a big development. You know, Verse only playing 45 snaps. I mean, all that is a, all that is a big deal, and that's what Fuller says they're trying to do. So when Florida State is in the playoff and, and Daryl Jackson becomes eligible, you're saying that Malcolm Ray probably won't start ahead of him. Correct, correct. Those snaps will probably go to Daryl Jackson. (laughs) Uh, Some other takeaways from practice. Uh, There was a tip pass there uh, in the early portions of the practice in 11-on-11 that was then intercepted by Tatum Bethune. I'm not sure if he's got a mission takeaway tweet, but there you go. It's almost almost as good, I would think. Um, In one-on-ones, Keon with an absolute fantastic catch in a red zone situation against Azaria Thomas. Uh, really nice route by Kyle Morlock on Shaheen Brown. Uh, just kind of put him through the washing machine on it. It was a spin right. cycle, if you will. It was, it was really nice. So those are the uh, some of the only plays that I had a star and asterisks by in my notes. So uh, practice again, pretty sharp overall. But in terms of like flash and dash, I mean that that's pretty much the extent of it. They'll be again practicing later today and tomorrow. We won't be out there, but we'll have plenty of stuff to talk about. War chant report, Jeff Cameron show, things of that nature. Want to also give a shout out, Corey, to our guy Shy Town Knoll. That's the way you pronounce it, even though there's no O in the town. But it says, kind of funny how the viewership to the podcast and other features are way up here at War Chant. Count me as one of them. I never listened in the past. Nothing personal. I'm just not a podcast guy. Now I'm all in on Wake Up War Chant, the recruiting videos. Always was a heavy article reader. These days I can't get enough, LOL. Mm. There we go. Join us, everybody. Join us. Yeah, everybody join. Well, if you're listening to this, you already have joined us. But tell Tell, your friends. Tell a friend, yeah. Tell a friend about vitaminenergy.com and use the promo code Warchamp Bogo, Warchamp B O G O, to buy one and get one free when you go to vitaminenergy.com. That promo code, courtesy of the Florida State alums uh, on staff, making things work, making things happen over at vitaminenergy.com. The workout plus, the mood plus, the immune plus, the focus plus, just a few of the different varieties of vitamin energy. Again, it's energy with benefits, the vitamins, the benefits. 260 milligrams of all natural caffeine and no sugar, so no sugar crash. Our guy, Rare Pereira, Ray Pereira, Pillar Pereira, mm. uh, message on the on the uh, YouTube show saying that uh, Aslan got me hooked on the vitamin energy. I might need to go to rehab. It's not the way it works, guys. Don't be scared. You, you you won't need to go to rehab. You'll just you'll find benefits in your life. Just get better at things. Hope yeah, you yeah. hope you're doing that as well, Ray. Check it out. VitaminEnergy.com. Use that promo code WarChampBogo. Corey Friday Board of Trustees meeting. Uh, I don't think there'll be anything. Nothing too sizzling in terms of conference realignment, expansions, whatever, leaving the ACC. But I, I want to tip my cap to uh, Matt Baker, the St. Pete Times, cause, or the Tampa Bay Times, because I would not be caught reading through a 350-page document, which I can't believe like they just drop a 350-page PDF every time they have a board of trustees meeting. Uh, but there was mentions in there about they're going to talk about uh, the stadium is going to come up in terms of funding to – uh, you know, renovate some stuff that's already been, I think, mainly approved. But there was a rendering in there, and apparently like 41% of fans that they have um, surveyed 
are interested in some degree about putting a roof on mm-hmm. Doak Campbell Stadium. And there's a okay. rendering of it. Okay. Looks looks very Dallas Stadium-esque. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that's Mike Alford trying to tap into his inner Jared Jones. Um, I get it. I We sit in an air conditioning, so it's it's awesome. We sit in air conditioning and we get free ice cream at halftime. I, I wouldn't want to sit there and cook on those metal bleachers, but hopefully they'll go to, to chairbacks here soon. But thoughts on thoughts on a on a roof on Dote Campbell Stadium. I mean, just stay home. <laughs> if you if you if you have to be indoors to watch your team play football, just stay home. But you know, I get it. There are there are rain. It, it affects one game a year. The heat is always going to be an issue. But Saturday night, it's it's going to be midnight. It's going to be. A, paltry 77 degrees by the time that game is over 75 and then again yeah it's easy for me to say because i sit in a press box well i've also been going to that stadium for darn near 40 years now and i've sat in plenty of times where it's hot where it's a deluge it's just part of the experience weather's part of football and i i couldn't fathom put the only way i would vote on putting a roof on it is if it guaranteed one big huge concert act hmm Every month in Doak Campbell. Oh, wow. Every month. I mean, come every on, month after football season. So from January to August, you get U2, you get uh, Taylor Swift, you get oh. Beyonce, you get uh, Garth. They're all rolling through Tallahassee. Yeah. That's the only way I'd I'd uh, I'd vote for something like that, which, by the way, do that anyway. Dome roof or not, I've seen Garth. I know Garth played at LSU Stadium, and I know Garth played at the Swamp. Why can't Tallahassee? Tallahassee got 75,000 seats. Why aren't they on the rotation for Taylor Swift? Garth Is played it, Garth played Dothan. He played the Peanut Festival one year. So what's going on? Why doesn't Dothan get any musical acts at all? What's You can't have that stadium for uh, – why not? You, I, I saw uh, – Bell Bib DeVoe on there after a spring game once, or or uh, Salt and Pepper in yeah. Vanilla Ice. Correct. They yeah. were on that field. Why can't uh, Garth or uh, Taylor Swift or U two be on that field? I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to kick the tires on that a little bit I, more. I'm absolutely kicking the tires on that. Is all I'm saying. It's all I'm saying. But I can't imagine. Look, man. If, Listen, man. What, I, what would it cost to build a roof? I don't see that. Hundred million the, uh... dollars. <laughs> Two four hundred million dollars. Listen, these are all all the data on this. I assume is from surveys to season ticket holders and boosters. I mean, yeah. I don't want to say that I'm out of touch with these people, but I'm, I'm I'm clearly out of touch, and it's probably me that's the problem here. But the the graphic that I sent you and Ira, and Ira already knew that it existed because Ira knows yeah. all this stuff. It says single most important enhancement. There's four things on here: enhanced concourse space. There's a beautiful rendering. Imagine like Doak, not just being gray epoxy concrete. Just right. you know, minimalism. Like it's got this beautiful color palette and, and lighting. It looks beautiful. Eleven percent would want that. Increased seat width, leg room. Absolutely, that would that would be my number one. I mean, but it's yeah. the third. It's twenty one percent say that's their single most important enhancement. Chairback seating. That's twenty seven percent. So that's second most, second highest. A roof structure, according to 41% of these folks that, that Florida State went ahead and surveyed, say that's the single most important enhancement for them. What about a contraption to block out the sun? Like a Just roof. Like, I meant more like a big orb that has an arm on it that rotates. A, because a, a roof oh. is going to cost too much money, Aslan. Okay. So you get an orb that just rotates with the sun to keep everybody at Doak in the shade. 
and it just blocks out the sun that way. And you somehow build a platform over it where if it rains, you don't get wet. The point, you're right, it's a roof. I guess that's what I'm saying is a roof. But how much do we think that cost, Aslan? A billion dollars? No, I mean, I don't think it, it looks like it's one of those it kind of you got to uh, build like a puffy like Metrodome one from the 80s. Yeah, it looks kind of vinyl, like almost like vinyl, not like. Uh... No, no. And look, here's the thing about a survey. Yeah, it'd be awesome to have a dome. OK, what if the next line under that is your seat prices will be raised by 900 <laughs> percent? You'd be like, OK, well, maybe the chairbacks are a better idea. Like, yeah, why not? Uh, could you have, I don't know, everybody renegade deliver snacks? Like, is that is that an option, too? Like, I, I just don't see why you'd even put a roof or a dome as, as something that you would want as a part of this stadium. You're you're gonna, you're trying to catch all these SEC teams. You can't be worrying about that. That money has to go to the next great tight end or quarterback. He can play in the weather. He doesn't need a roof over his head. That's all I'm saying. We've always been a little bit weird about money and, and how best spent, how it's best spent. Um, you know, whether it's you know, when it comes to facilities, I think so many times when we think about facilities, we think about the football only facility, right? We think about the, the chocolate fountains and the slides right. and all that kind of stuff in the barber shops. I mean, Florida State seemingly here wants to really uh, up its sort of status, its stature when it comes to spending on their stadium. Um, you know, right now, they're eighth in the ACC in, in terms of the amount of money they've invested in their stadium over the last 20 years. Um, that's, that's crazy to think about. Um, they're also like 17th um, when it comes to top 20 attendance uh, across the country. But they really want to just kind of flex their, their muscle there and become one of the programs that spends the most when it comes to their stadium. Um, I know that's maybe a little bit beyond our pay grade. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I would trust – I don't know. It just feels like this, this sport is becoming more and more, more and more driven by television. So it seems almost counterintuitive that – the fan experience now, where it feels like it's it's the the horse is out of the barn on this one. Like it feels like it's, it's this is kind of almost grasping for straws to bring people back to the stadium. Or do you think this is more about keeping the people that are coming to these games to, to continue? Because maybe they, they feel people like me if I wasn't on the payroll, I'd be a lost cause because I probably wouldn't drive if I lived elsewhere to, to come to a game. You'd think if you lived in Dothan, you wouldn't drive, uh, and you had a Saturday Saturdays off somehow. No, you wouldn't drive to come watch this team. I wouldn't be living in Dothan, though, unless I had a job there. So, but I get well, your you point know what taken. I mean. Yeah, a three-hour drive or a five-hour drive. Yeah. I feel like you would drive to come watch this game. Oh, it's like I, an hour and a half, hour 45. The, the, yeah. the, bigger, the bigger issue when it comes to watching Florida State football is not a dome. It's the absurdity of the hotel room situation. Mm-hmm. That That is by far a bigger issue. So one, if the fifth option had been, what about, uh, you know, regularly priced hotels? instead of $500 for a, uh, the worst room you've ever stayed in. I feel like that would have been 100%. Yeah. But I, they can't control that, apparently. So, anyway, I mean, they keep building hotels in Tallahassee. Um, but either way, the point being, this is that we've, what we've, they're not building a dome on Doak. They're not going to put a roof on Doak. I don't even know why they offered that as an as a, as a option. The, widen the concourses. Get the Wi-Fi even better. Um, make sure you don't run out of water. And widen the seats a little bit. It sounds crazy. Like the, they're, they want to do $200 million in investment into the stadium. I mean, that sounds like a huge, preposterous number. But, you know, Matt Baker's reporting here, USF's proposed on-campus stadium is going to be $340 million. And the renovations that, that gets going to go down in Gainesville is $400 million. 
So it just kind of feels like this is the, the cost of doing business right now. Crazily enough, though, if they were to spend the $210 million and, and invest in the stadium, they'd blow by Clemson for number one in the ACC. They'd be at $295 million over the last 20 years. Clemson would be at 163 mm. But in terms of, like, the top 20 attendance uh, nationwide, A&M uh, would still be ahead of them. $518 million they've spent in the last 20 years. If Florida State were to invest two hundred ten, they'd they'd be at two ninety five. And you see what that's doing for A and M, right? Mm. Like that, they just mm. keep pumping out great football teams. Mm. Mm. Um, pumping out money into mybookie.ag could be your get rich quick scheme. Do it responsibly. Uh, use the promo code WarChant. You'll get an instant cash deposit bonus based on the percentage of money that you went ahead and deposited into your account. Again, there's futures out there. Uh, there's a live casino, multiple sports. And then everything you'd want college football-wise. This is a stinky line, Corey, I feel like. Texas Tech, they they lost yeah. on the road to a saw that. decent Wyoming team. They're giving out six and a half at home against Oregon. No, no, they're not. They're taking six and a half. Sorry, sorry, sorry. They're yeah. taking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oregon's giving out six and a half on the road. Get it together, A-Train. I apologize. Um, yeah, that still seems a little light, doesn't it? Like, I would have thought Oregon would have been favored by 10 or 12. Yeah, yeah. So I guess what we're telling you here on Wake Up War Chant is put the mortgage on the ducks <laughs> to go down to Lubbock and get it done. Um, Florida State, I think, is up to 31 points now on Southern yeah. Miss. So uh, that's What's available. the money line for Southern Miss? Man, like plus 10,000, I want to say. It can't be that big, can it? It wouldn't be ten thousand. Oh, I'm sorry. No, like Florida State was like minus ten thousand. I apologize. Yeah. Let me let me see if I can find it here. Plus fifteen fifty. Okay. All right. So if you put a hundred on the Golden Eagles, you could win fifteen fifty. If they were to pull off the staggering upset. That's a that's a terrible, terrible uh, value right there. Let's yeah, see. Yeah, it is. The... It is. You're you're probably just lighting a hundred dollars on fire. Miami catching four and a half at home against A and M. Yeah, that one's intriguing, man. I I think. Yeah, that to me, I think Miami's going to win that game. Okay. I'm not imp- I mean, a- I know it's just A&M. It is what it is. I I, I know it, Jimbo doesn't lose to Miami, but I mean, I think my I think their Van Dyke is better than he played last year. I, they do have a great safety. I think their offensive line is good, yeah. which can maybe make them run the ball against A&M. Um, and then if you can run a ball, if they can run the ball and Van Dyke can you know make some plays. You know, I think they can score 24 points, and, you know, that should be enough. We'll see. But we also will see what Petrino slash Fisher looks like. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm, I'm very intrigued by this game because it'll be their first real game. I know they scored a lot of points in their opener, but it'll be their first real game against a real defense. I want to see what that offense does. And we can watch it because we'll be covering a game that starts at 830. So yeah, that's everybody, awesome. Jimbo will already be back at one of his ranches by the time Florida State's kicking off. MyBookie.ag. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code WARCHANT. All right, Corey, we uh, talked a little about Oregon there. Uh, so let's go to our guy, Marlon Joker Gur Arye. He also lives in Miami, so we, we melded both things in the last part there nicely. Love the first game, wake up, big win, big statement, lots of things to still work on defensively, switching on motions, things like that. I don't know, man, not a lot of things. I think the defense is all right, but I digress. How do you guys feel about Jordan Travis's Heisman campaign? Will it hold up to those quarterbacks in the Pac-12? I guess that would be Shador Sanders now and yeah. Bo Nix. Look, man, I just looked it up. Can this be right? Because uh, I was just looking up the Colorado grades on PFF. Not the grades, the snap counts. Okay. 
So they say that Travis Hunter played 80 snaps on defense. Yeah. And 65 on offense. Yeah. He played 145 snaps. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was 129. Other people were saying 110. Yeah, that was 120-something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This one says he was on the field for 65 offensive plays and 80 defensive plays, and he was the second-ranked player on each on each side of the ball for Colorado. Uh, Shadour was the highest-ranked player uh, on offense for, for Colorado. Uh, yeah, man, uh, here's the thing. Shadour Sanders isn't going to win the Heisman. I, I can't imagine that because I think the best player in the country is another guy on his team. So it would be really bizarre if he won that team, if he won it. And Travis Hunter is going to get plenty of pub and publicity if he stays healthy and keeps doing this. Uh, Caleb Williams is going to be a problem, but they don't like <laughs> voting for the same guy twice. Yeah. What what really the the thing that hurts Jordan, quite honestly, is if Clemson just ends up being an average football team this year. Yeah. There aren't a lot of marquee that was a that was a marquee game and he played really well, especially in the second half. But you know, by the time people are voting for the Heisman, that game will be two and a half months old. And people there'll be all these other games that have happened where more people have been watching because it's just there aren't a lot of marquee opportunities for, for Jordan to really to really show out. He'll have the Miami game people will watch. At Clemson people will definitely watch. And then at Florida, people will watch. But how highly are those teams going to be ranked, if at all? Well, how about the reigning Heisman winner? I mean, Caleb Williams, they played three ranked teams in the regular season. They lost to one of them, Utah. But it was those last two games against UCLA, which a lot of people watched, and then Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, he he kind of went nuts in those two games. But, again, I guess, like, to your point, like, Miami, if Miami's still ranked, you know, that, that'll probably have – they'll try to create some juice out of that game, whoever's a television partner on it, ESPN, ABC. So if he does something crazy against them, not even crazy, but just goes for four touchdowns, which is kind of maybe his, not his floor, not his ceiling, just his existence. And then Florida, you know, even if Florida's not all that great, just going in there and then capping off that season to win the, you know, and then going into Charlotte, maybe that would be enough um, sort of primetime games. Because yeah. you're hoping that LSU will, I don't know if I'm saying I'm hoping LSU, but I assume LSU is going to still end up probably winning 10 games or close to it. So that's yeah. going to still be viewed as a, a quality win. Yeah, it will be. And people will remember it. Everybody watched it. So I, I get that. It's just, you know, two months later, yeah. the real thing is if he, he's going to put up good numbers if he's healthy. And they're, if they win all or almost all of their games, he will be in the conversation for sure. Um, he's just got to have – like he, he crossed one hurdle off the list. He jumped over one hurdle which was on Sunday night in Orlando. The one in Death Valley, even though they're they're going to be 2-1, and one, they'll be 18th in the country, that's still a ranked team where people will be watching. I haven't looked at the schedule. Maybe it's still a game. It might still be a game day game if it's, you know, number four versus number 18. Uh, that's a pretty marquee matchup, even if people are down on Clemson. So if he goes over there and plays well and has a couple of those special Jordan Travis plays, then, yeah, I think he's probably in line to be the front runner after the first month. And if they if they're undefeated, look, he, he he'll be the best player on an undefeated team that might be number one or number two in the country by the end of the year. That that he's certainly going to be in the running right now. After one week, I would have Travis Hunter one, Jordan Travis two. Do you think but it's one week? So that that's not a slide on Jordan Travis at all. It's huh. just that was. But I also don't expect Jordan, Travis Hunter to keep doing that the rest of the season. Yeah. Um. What if Keon Coleman siphons or cannibalizes Jordan votes? Because that's something that could happen. 
Like no, the same way that maybe no, Shadur and Travis I, Hunter? You know? I don't think so. But I, I think, uh, no, Travis Hunter's a unicorn, man. So that's a whole different ballgame. I think Keon Cole, he's not going to catch three touchdowns every game. Um, that, that'll be more spread out. Johnny will have a couple in one game. Uh, my man Destin will have a couple. Jaheim will have two or three. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Keon, Keon, because he's not like a, um, I don't yeah, know, he's just, man. He's gonna get, he's gonna get like five balls every game minimum. I feel like. No, I know, but it's like they're the think of the receivers don't really win the Heisman much, and think about the kid at Alabama. He was a different kind of player than that than Keon. Like he returned punts, he did reverses. He was like a what is he? Devontae Smith's like five ten, five eleven, just this fast, twitchy, yeah, yeah. huge play, little guy running through, making spectacular plays. Keon makes spectacular plays, but not at that, not at the, not like Peter Warwick hmm. or Devontae Smith. Um, so it, you just don't see receivers like that win the Heisman. So that's why I, I but it, look, man, if he, if he has 36 touchdowns at the end of the year, yeah, Keon Coleman might win the Heisman. <laughs> you know, if he catches three a game for the whole season, there you he go, will Keon. be in New York. There you go, Keon. You heard it. You heard yep. it. That's all you got to do. Um, like, what's Colorado's win total got to be, you think, for Travis Hunter to win? Oh, I don't think it has. I think you know, I, yeah, they, it's not dependent at all. I mean, if they go, man, like, what seven was, and five, you still think What you... was Tebow's record when he won it? They weren't very good that year. I think they were eight. They won eight games, maybe, um, eight or nine games. Uh, they weren't They weren't ten and two. I think if Colorado has a winning record and this dude has, I don't know, man, 12 touchdown catches or 10. If he has a thousand yards receiving and it's the best cornerback in America. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's going to win the Heisman. Yeah. yeah. And nobody could argue with it. And then he's going to be introduced to battles end. Yeah. <laughs> and we're all going to be happy in 2024. He'll come back <laughs> home. The, pro- the prodigal son. Um, it's an old one, but I guess let's uh, let's get our guy, random underscore John. Uh, good morning, guys. Again, I'm going to ask, what did Vegas see in LSU that they didn't see in FSU when they laid the line for that game? Is it just the last two games Florida State played? And I know LSU Can't got be. hammered. I know they got hammered, yeah. but, like, was it the bowl game? I mean, if they, the way they hammered Purdue, the, although, listen, Purdue didn't even have their coach. It was ridiculous. And then Florida State eked by a bad Oklahoma. I, I don't know, man. Just brands. I guess Brands year two. It's the first game this time. Florida State didn't get a tune-up. LSU, you know, doesn't have a tune-up either. It's going to be more fair, more equitable. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I still don't know. I still don't know. I can't figure it out. Matt, uh, who we work with at Warchant, he said one of his buddies. His thought was that since gambling is legal in Louisiana, mm. they wanted to make it more likely for Louisianans to gamble on LSU. I, I right. but that wouldn't make sense because then you would make. They thought LSU was going to win anyway. You could give them a couple of points, and then the whole state would have bet on bet on LSU. So I I don't know. I I I was I know th- this isn't hindsight. I know people listen have that have been listening to this show long enough and listening to me know I was confused by that line, and I was also was confused about the Jane Daniels Heisman love compared to Jordan Travis because I don't know how you could watch those two quarterbacks last year, not just in that one game in New Orleans, but the whole season. And think yes, Jane Daniels is a better quarterback than Jordan Travis. I, I don't, I don't know how they came to that conclusion. And then I don't know how you look at how those two teams played last season, and really, in my mind, how they ended last season. But even that game they played in New Orleans, and think, okay, who got better in the off season? And think that answer was LSU. But 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they made money or lost money. I'm assuming they they Vegas lost money on that on that game on Sunday night. XDQ 4 guy Derek Wigup. Got to say that win gave me dynasty vibes, especially the last touchdown. That's exactly what Bobby would have done. I'm glad Mike did the same. He he, he did CMN. I'm sorry, Coach Mike Norvell. Mm, okay. My only criticism was why has Jordan or why was Jordan and the rest of the starters in after we were up so big? LSU just quit. There was no chance of them coming back. If Jordan gets hurt on that run on the last touchdown drive, we would be crying right now. Situational awareness. Question. What do you consider as the best neutral site regular season win in FSU history? I'm going with Notre Dame in, I believe, 1994. Was it 96? He says 94. Nine, nine, it was 94. It was, 94. Yeah. I don't know why it was in that it. same building. I, th- yeah. I think that was in Orlando, too. It was. Yeah. It was. I still can't believe that we allowed them to not do a true home-and-home home in 93-94. What say you? Support the guys. Support the sponsors. Go Knowles. I don't think it's that. Uh, I, that game was very frustrating. Florida State won. It was the year after the game of the century that Notre Dame had beat Florida State, but Florida State still won the national championship. Um, Cannell was the quarterback. Warwick Dunn. I think Warwick Dunn and Rock Preston both had over 160 yards in that game, uh, and they won by a touchdown. Kez had a big catch late. I think Notre Dame, they scored two touchdowns. One of them was on a strip sack fumble uh, by their really good state. I can't remember who their DB was. But anyway, y'all didn't ask about that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I was, I'm just showing off. It, I wouldn't say it was that game. Um, you know, right off the top of my head, man. I mean, so not a bowl game, a neutral site regular, regular season, season game. game. Yeah. There's not a ton to choose from. I mean, like Iowa State, Kansas. Nope. Nope. Southern Cal was that, or was that was it that game was played out Southern in Los Cal, Angeles? Yeah, uh, that, that was a true home and home, not like that nonsense that he just mentioned with Florida State Notre Dame, Oklahoma um, State Cowboys Classic twenty fourteen. They played BYU in ninety one in the Pigskin Classic in yeah. Anaheim. Okay, that's they were the one number I was one in the country. Around, yeah. That was a fun one. With Ty Detmer was the reigning Heisman winner. Okay, um, they beat him forty four twenty eight, and it should have been a lot worse than that. Um, that yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna say that one for now. Is I also. You know, the Alabama game in Jacksonville, okay. Saban's first year, yes, yeah, will always hold a special place uh, in my heart. Uh, that was a that was a that was a really really cool atmosphere for one of those games. Um, so I would say really okay. So my top, I'm going to give you my top four, in no particular order. That game, the Alabama Florida State game, with Dakota Fag puts it away uh, down the sideline. Um, the the Pigskin Classic against BYU in '91. And then these last two LSU games. Oh, okay. The last time. I love man. New Orleans was just awesome. That when you think about the game was so weird at the end, but that, that whole weekend leading up to it and just that atmosphere where I can promise you when LSU fans walked into that stadium, they were like, what is this? Why are there? So I can't believe they've taken up the half the stadium. That's crazy. I can promise you that's what LSU fans were thinking. And then after walking out of the stadium, they were thinking much worse things. So I, I just think that was so cool that that was a legitimate bowl atmosphere, like a big bowl atmosphere. And then this last one, just because of what they did to LSU and how much fun that was to watch. I'll, I'll throw in 2016 Ole Miss, just because like being in that stadium as a fan, like my brother and, and my friends, like Ole Miss thought they had that game won. So to, yeah. to, to watch them, you know, I know LSU fans probably, they went crazy after that first play, but then they were quieted quite quickly. I know they went to halftime up. But, man, like Ole Miss had Florida State dead to rights, and they were yeah. letting us have it in the stands. And then to, like, watch it turn, 
there was a guy that had a you know had the Ole Miss pom pom. I yelled at him, um, and then like he he got up and left in the fourth quarter because he knew the game was out of control at that point. And just to watch him like leave in shame, like quietly like tapping his wife on the shoulder, like baby, let's go, we got to get yeah. out of here. Yeah, like, you know that's fulfilling. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put that there. And uh, yeah, man, stopping Seneca Wallace in Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium. Just gonna throw it. Mm, well, what a great what a great moment that was. <laughs> That the the Ole Miss game, you know that was obviously that's the Ricky Aguayo game. Yeah, it is it ice is. water in his veins. That yeah. kid. Did uh, he ever miss a kick after that? I I think a couple. Oh, is that it? Okay. Yeah. What about A uh, and M and East Rutherford in '98, Corey? No. No, no. It's cool. It was Winky's first start, but uh, no, there was nothing great about that game. You know, what I just looked up again, kind of taking a shot at PFF. Did you watch any of the Colorado game or any of the highlights? Um, not a lot. I was on the road with uh, Ira. We're listening so they to put the radio, our, they put our man Bishop Thomas in the game on, on a goal line formation on offense as a nice, fullback. Nice, nice. Yeah, and that was the only play. And if you watch that, they even say Joel Clatt, who's really good, by the way. Um, he even says, "Hey, I think that's defensive lineman Bishop Thomas in there at fullback," and it was. And he leads the way in legitimately decleat pancakes the TCU defensive back. Yeah. Like sends them, I mean, just straight pancakes them. Send them to uh, Amarillo. Send them yeah. to Lubbock. And he got a grade of 60 on that one play in run, <laughs> in run blocking. 60. It should be 108. I, I mean, I don't know how he got a 60. What did he not do right? He had one dude in front of him. Hand placement. He, Hand hand, yeah, is that what it is? Yes. His hands are a little too high, a little too sloppy with his hands. Yeah, so that's, uh, again, I it's a great, it's a good tool. It's a great tool for snap counts. Yes. Um, but, you know, there's it still leaves some work to be done. Um, Lake- McClendon played a lot in that game, too. McClendon Did? and Duke Cooper. Uh, Duke Cooper played like 73 snaps, and McClendon played like 50 or so. I thought he was going to get ejected. Listening to it on the radio, they said that like you know, Omarin had thrown hands, like the him and another TCU player like punched each other. And I'm like, oh man, he's going to get ejected like in the first half. That's not good. But I guess they just they, they call on sports yeah, and like offsetting ones. So. He's fine. Lake Jackson Birdman, 2019 introductory press conference. Mike Norvell says, "quote We are also going to be a football team that understands how to respond to success because success is coming." In 2023, how is coach addressing how to respond to success following the LSU opener? I wanted to ask that, uh, but I couldn't get it in on Wednesday. So I've, I uh, failed you, Lake Jackson Birdman. I apologize. I um, mean, you would say, right, Aslan, you watched both of these practices this week. I just watched the one on Tuesday. Yeah. I, I would say the the way that gets done is nothing was different. Mm-hmm. No, it looked the same. The practice on Tuesday, to me, looked the same as the practice from two Tuesdays ago. It also looked the same as the Tuesday practice after, uh, you know, Boston College last year, after NC State last year, there is all, when you talk about a standard, there is always a standard that they're going to practice at, and he never changes. Hmm. He never changes. Like, he, you saw him on Tuesday, Aslan. He got so mad at one of his players, he almost had to take a knee. Yeah. And this was two days after they just beat the bejesus out of the number five team in the country. Like, that's just how he's wired. He doesn't let that uh, I, I, I don't think it's it's not just for show, clearly. Like, this is how he's wired. He's like, yeah, that's awesome. We were supposed to do what we did, but none of it matters if you if you somehow stumble against Southern Miss or stumble later in the year. So, you know, I, I don't, you know, I think this guy's legit in how he, what he wants out of this program and how he runs a program is that nothing changes whether you win by 30 or lose. You still are going to work really, really hard. And I think they, you know, 
we'll see, I guess. We'll see how they handle success. Um, this particular team, um, you know, but I, I would be stunned if they all of a sudden got like fat and happy and stopped practicing hard. Yeah. I just, I don't think that's acceptable at Florida State yeah. anymore. Yeah. S. Quint 67, wake up. Great win Sunday night. Felt unreal watching us dominate the line of scrimmage in the second half. 41 years and counting since we last lost to the Bayou Bengals. Yeah. Question, speaking of uh, long winning streaks, what do you think is our best win out of our undefeated stretch here in Orlando? Go Knowles, S. Quint 67. So what is it? It goes back to that. Uh, well, there's Ole Miss, obviously. There's that um, Wisconsin the Notre Dame bowl game. game. Yeah, Wisconsin bowl game. The Wisconsin bowl game. I think they beat the. They had a game. They Duke. used to have a couple of games there. Yeah, Duke or Wake or somebody they played there. Um, and that Notre Dame game, the aforementioned Notre Dame game. Yeah, but Notre Dame had really. So that was the beginning of the end for Notre Dame. But yeah. they they took a real step back. I after think that, that was season. Like. Ole Miss might have been ranked 16th or something, or maybe they were. I don't know if they were. Maybe they were even more. Maybe they even weren't ranked in 2016. So maybe that's where I got that number from. But no, what they did to LSU, number five LSU, that's that's most impressive. So by I virtue of so, that, I would yeah. say best, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Maybe more. Yeah, the Oklahoma game was fun, but I wouldn't think you would say you played well in that game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this one was a this one was certainly the most I think the most impressive of all of them. Shout out to Cat Chaser. Uh, we met before he, he went to my alma mater in high school. We met back home and then bumped into him at the stadium. Says met you at the stadium. Remember we graduated from the same high school back home. Okay. Uh, so yeah, shout out. I remember bumping into him. Gator Kirk, wake up! Great win. Have some things to clean up. Not acceptable to give up points at the end of each half. Tough well, crowd. The, Tough the, crowd. I was gonna say the second half. Don't don't hold that against them. Yeah. Uh, given the weapons on offense, how would you try to stop FSU? It's a good question, man. I think I just don't cover Johnny and see if he drops them all. <laughs> because he won't. But I literally like that. That The only way they stop Florida State, uh, two of their drive, Florida State's drives, I think they only, they only didn't score on four of them. Um, and two of them were because Johnny Wilson dropped the ball. Now, look, and again, you guys know I, I'm a, my affinity for Johnny Wilson. They, he, he extended a lot of drives, too. Like, he kept drives going. The first one, like, all I think he had six six first down catches. Three or four of them were on third down. Like, he had a he had a nice game. Those those just were some unfortunate drops. But I, I honestly don't know what you do. I don't know what you do. I, I think – I don't know what you do, Aslan. I, I was trying to think. I was like, maybe you back them up and get them to run the ball and see if you can just – they're going to get first downs. You give them eight yards here, 11 yards there, but it's better than Keon going for 50. Yeah. But then when Florida State gets in the red zone, I just expect them to be a real, real bear in the red zone yeah. because of Keon, because of Johnny, because of Jaheim, because of Jordan's running ability. Like, I just, I don't know what you do, man. You know, I guess it sounds like I'm talking about Mahomes and the Chiefs or <laughs> – the, the 13 team or the 93 team, but I, I don't know what – there isn't really a weakness. There isn't. Uh, I mean, and that's what Will Hall, the head coach of Southern Miss, said as much about uh, the team that he's facing this weekend. Yeah, you would need to – you have to be able just to rush four dudes and get to Jordan Travis consistently. Well, good luck with that. I know. And that, yeah. That's – because that's, just, just to beat these tackles is going to be – is going to take an, an immense amount of effort and talent but then to get your hands on Jordan Travis is going to take an exponential amount more effort and talent 
to get here's him on the, the ground. Here's the real answer, though, honestly. Once they get in ACC games is you grab Johnny and Keon on every play. Those ACC refs do not want to call you for DPI. They're going to feel sorry for you. And it's – trust me, there's no there, – there's a lot of animosity right now in this league. They are not going to call defensive pass interference on every play. They just can't. They won't. So I would just – I would play them man-to-man and bear hug them on every play. Like just straight up grab them and grab them and grab them, knowing that those side judges aren't going to just throw a flag every play. That's your only – that's literally your only chance is to try to manhandle those guys. And, again, good luck with your 5'10 corners. But try to manhandle them and hope they don't call you for it. Yeah. Our guy, Noel Sean, last one, he, he asked earlier in the week about, uh, you know, asking Norvell, you know, the, the plan behind rotating the offensive line. Is that something they're going to do all season long? Uh, I kind of asked Coach about it just, you know. I know they want to be multiple on offense, but multiple in terms of like their formations and – not multiple in terms of the guys they want to have out there on the offensive line, but I think him and Alex Atkins said the same thing. Like some cases it was health, some cases it was just thinking they had a better matchup. It worked. You yep. can't imagine they're going to rule it out, right, Corey? After the way well, it worked out on Sunday. Oh, about rotating? Yeah. yeah. No, no, I think that's what, yeah. Again, that's it It worked. Like you said, it worked. Uh, I don't, nobody really does that. I know the Patriots did it a few years ago when they would rotate linemen. Uh, but yeah, man, I you know that that certainly seemed to work uh, quite well, and uh, we'll we'll see if they continue. And I I feel like they want to play at least seven or eight guys in this game up front, and if they do what they should do, you hope and take care of business, they might play twelve or fifteen offensive linemen by the time it's over. All right, and this one is from Noel Sean. I think this will be the first time we get asked this. Uh, it won't be the last. Oh, I, w- I w- can I go back real quick to that other question? It wasn't a question, but. I don't agree with the Jordan the the I wouldn't have taken Jordan Travis out with the 21 point lead either. Okay. Um, the crazier things have happened. I, there was five minutes left. I know you're probably not you're not losing that game, but still, I would keep my starters in. I do agree that I might tell them don't ever do that again when we have a 21 point lead. Mm-hmm. Don't ever go lower your shoulder to get a meaningless first down when we have a 21 point lead. Mm-hmm. So anyway, go ahead. This is a question I think that will be recurring on the program. Let's just right. uh, this will be the first time you answer it. It'll, it'll ch- just just everybody realize where Corey's allegiance lies. Corey, ESPN projects FSU to play Georgia in the Sugar Bowl college football playoff. Yeah, how peak would that experience be for you personally? If no, or if so, when it happens? How peak? Oh, I'm sorry. How peak would that experience be for you personally? If comma no comma when comma right. it happens. But is peak a new phrase that I don't? I guess like high key, like how key, high, how high key, like high key. How excited would you be? Maybe. Oh, yeah, spell okay. peak like a mountain peak, not like P I Q U E, like peak your interest. So like, how fat would that be? Yeah, yeah, like, fat yeah. for sure. P H. Yeah. Bad isn't good. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Sick. Um, how sick? Yeah, how sick would that be? I got. That's even better. Yeah. Uh, that would be off the chain. People are still saying <laughs> yeah. that, right? Bring it back. Yeah, off the chain. Uh, I was asked that on uh, Sunday night at the team hotel, which I happened to stay at. Oh. Uh, somebody asked me who I would root for. In the Lazy Detroit. River? It was outside. It was inside. The okay. Lazy River was outside. No, okay. I wasn't in the Lazy River then. It was too late. Um, I think they shut it down. Uh, look, man, if Florida State's playing Georgia, for a variety of reasons, uh, my allegiances would be Florida State. Uh, all of you folks, um, the fact that Georgia's won two in a row already, um, my business – like everything, plus I grew up a Florida State fan. 
Uh, I've, I've been going to Florida State games since 1983. My first Georgia game was 1997. I would guess in my lifetime I've been to 300 Florida State games, give or take. Are you counting I've as been, a professional? or just, Yes, as a okay. professional, yeah. I've been to six Georgia games. Okay. So we're, we're, and one of them was against Florida State. So that's, you know, my allegiance would be I, I would be pulling for Florida State Number one, because I know these players, I know these coaches, and I know the fans. Like I have in, I have a relationship with all you people. All you, what do you mean, you people? Uh, and then you know, also like, yeah, it's it's would be very good for War Chant if Florida State could not only get to play Georgia in a in a meaningful game, but then beat them would be uh, great for everyone. <laughs> could you imagine the the show after Florida State loses to Georgia in the playoff, and you come on you're like, listen, man, I ain't gonna lie. How about them dogs? No dogs. <laughs> yeah, just start barking. Have I? Yeah, yeah. That would that would be that would be incredible. I got a D on my. Ch- well, I was about to say I have a D on my chest. You know what I mean? Like I painted a D on it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, that's the letter D. Yeah. The letter D. Gang. There we go. Your mind's right, out of the gutter. That's a good cue for us to leave. Oh, I do need to issue an apology. I, it's three days in the making, apparently. Mm. Uh, Stephanie was not happy. Uh, when she got text messages on Monday morning about me calling her out for snoring. Oh. So uh, you had her back, though, uh, which was nice. She appreciated that. So I just wanted to apologize publicly to her. My fiancé, my lovely fiancé, say it. for for my lovely fiancé for outing her. Um, for for and look, it was three fifteen in the morning. There's no shame, and it's not like crazy. That was a long Ira. night. And that was it a was. Long, oh, I got it. Why you got to compare her to him? Come on. Well, man. because I don't want people to think that she's you know she's snoring like uh, you know uh, sawing logs or anything. Yeah. It's not that bad, but yeah. it can sometimes you can pick it up. You, you the mic a, a sensitive mic might have picked it up. Yeah. But uh, you didn't apparently. None of you no. heard it, no. which is good. Let's act like I never said it. Now that this apology's out there, the 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 board has been wiped clean. I never heard of that idiom before until I think earlier this year about uh, snoring, sawing logs, and I love it now. Yeah, it's just it's just it's perfect. It's so. Apropos. Ira is like a. Hey, it's not even hey, a chainsaw. I'm editing this. I'm editing it's this a- out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll be back live 6 p.m. tonight for you folks doing the darn thing. Mm-hmm. Join us. It'll be fun. It'll be exciting. We're going to talk about Florida State, the number four slash five team in the country. Hopefully they'll unanimously be one of those so we can streamline that introduction. All right, we're going to have to – not to practice. We're going to do the Warchant Report and create other pieces of content for your enjoyment over at Warchant.com. Hit the thumbs up then. Uh, Subscribe to Warchant.com and our YouTube page. We certainly would appreciate it. Jeff Cameron Show coming up 1 to 3 o'clock. He's Corey. I'm Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up Warchant presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.